Welcome to episode 206 of No Challenges Remaining, which will be called Draw Me Like One of Your French Opens, which is my favorite episode title. I use it every year. I think it's part trois or quatre. I'm not sure how many times I've used it before. It'll stay in the title. I'm with Courtney Nguyen. I'm Ben Rothenberg. We're in the press room, and Courtney's part of the press room up here in the wires room. The penthouse suite, the as penthouse I like suite. to call it. It's really nice. It's not bad. No, I get to sit with um, the AP and Reuters wire reporters. We get put in a, a separate room just because it's a, it's a different rhythm, I think, for wire reporters than, like, regular reporters downstairs. Like, it's just a little bit more fast-paced and a lot more... Yelling and I've actually wanted to have a wire reporter on the show to mm, talk about Howard. Howard. Howard's here. Is he here yet? Uh, not yet. Okay, we'll get Howard on the show at some point. He, yeah, he has a different pulse yeah. than other people, and he sees the stories in a very, very different yeah. way. It's kind of fascinating, actually, sitting and hearing them. And it's funny because obviously they compete. So one side of the room is Reuters, and the other side of the room is AP, and I'm just sitting with like the ATP video guys, and it's just fascinating to see just culturally how different they work, like an American. Wire service versus a the Reuters is British, right? I think so. I think it is. It's what? definitely bigger in Britain. Yeah, it's bigger in Britain. Way. So anyway, sorry, that's no, all. That's... Neither here nor there, because we're forty eight hours away, less so, the from the French Open, and we have draws. So the draws came out last night. They had the draw ceremony in the sort of they've expanded the Roland Garros campus, so to speak, and it's in a newly refurbished building called L'Orangerie. Which was just a lot of fun to say. The orangery, as I call it. Orangery, there you go. Uh, And the draw ceremony had not too much filler. I mean, it was not as bad as the Australian Open draw this year, which I just will keep repeating is with hell and needs to be completely knocked down and rebuilt from scratch. And the US Open draw last year, I wasn't a huge fan of either, but this was a live draw, an actual draw. And I like I always really liked the French Open draw. I think the French Open draw is the best one of the four. Wimbledon's is the most efficient, but it almost goes too fast that it's actually really hard for me personally to keep track of what's going on in the way that they stack the four quarters. I get really confused. I agree. Best draw is French Open. And they have like a live jazz quartet. So good. It's so classy. It's so, so classy. Um, it's it's a whole thing. It feels like a real classy this to year, do. This year they brought figure skaters for no clear reason. It was great. <laughs> Yelena Ostapenko was quite confused. Oh, uh, yeah. She was asked like, oh, yeah, you met some figure skaters. La dernière navette partira à 21h. Okay. Good evening. The last shuttle bus will leave Whoops. at 9 well, we're not going to get on that shuttle bus. What yeah. time is it even now? We don't have a shuttle bus. It's, it's only 8:45. it's only ten. Yeah, it's not very much warning for the last bus. Uh, you all better run for that boost. It's raining too. It is raining. Anyways, sorry. These are all sides. These Should are all just dive into sides. it. I mean, you know, it's, 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 a, it's a it's a really good draw. It's ceremony. a good draw. Yelena it's, it's didn't a really know good draw the, ceremony. The, the, the skaters were was the funny thing. It's today. a good ceremony and it's a good draw, especially the women's draw. And we'll start with that one because that is one Courtney has seen. <laughs> <laughs> all right, women's draw. According to your initial reactions once the seeds fell into place. And actually, this was an interesting draw this year because the most important player in it was important, quote unquote, like the most news catching player and the most intriguing player in this draw is Serena Williams. And she was unseated. And so she came up halfway through the unseated, pretty much. She's in the lower part of this top half of the draw. She landed it in what we think is an okay spot, but we're going to we'll get to her as we go through the draw more line by line. But what are your biggest takeaways from how this draw ceremony worked out i mean my reaction initially was a big phew um just a little bit nervous about where serena was going to land in the draw and what that first round was going to be having obviously lived through um a a that first round match of the u.s open with halep and and sharapova and yes it was fun did it kind of break a draw possibly so yeah just wanted to see where she landed and who she drew just because you know, there are a lot of players who you would look at and say, oh, that is going to be really tough for Serena or vice versa. So all in all, I thought that the draw was pretty balanced. And I didn't see that there was like anything that was like massively blockbuster. But I do think that the way because of the balance, even if there are upsets and things, the way that the draw seems to be structured, it's there's going to be like fire matches every day. Like every there's not going to be a snooze round where it's like, oh, there's nothing like, you know what I mean? Like there's nothing really going on here or um, whatever. Not too many soft spots in the draw. And I just want to say the Pliskova twins got hosed so hard. They're the draw losers, 100%. 
So those are kind of my two takeaways as Christina Pliskova will be playing uh, Serena Williams and Carolina Pliskova may have to go through uh, Maria Sharapova and Serena Williams and Yulia Gerges, who destroyed her at, F- at Fed Cup and is in the half with her nemesis, Simona Halep. So it is, it's it's amusing, is, is all I'm saying. It's pretty much. And those Pliskovas <laughs> are, are amusing people in their own way. So it's an inter- little interesting to hear them talk about it because I was, I'm not surprised, but Pliskova, I was, when I looked at the schedule, I was like, oh, Pliskova's not doing pre press. Like, oh, huh. Eh. Mm. It would have been nice. That yeah, I had a couple people it. ask me that, like, why Pliskova wasn't doing pre press, and the reality of it was, I don't think that people. I mean, she's really number, thought... she's number six, and they give two of the eight spots to French players, mm-hmm. and Kvitova made sense to do. So, I mean, it totally makes sense once yeah. you sit back. But it's just like I had to realize, oh, she's not. There's actually a lot here today. to talk to Carolina about. Yeah, <laughs> because especially because she didn't, uh, she wasn't requested for press after 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 Rome. Yeah, uh, her uh, her dramatic Rome exit. So, That's but what yeah. happens when you do things after match point? Is no one requests it? So, so it's, it's no a great strategy. Knows. Exactly. Don't flip out at the beginning She's of the match. She's not stupid, Ben. I think we've talked about never, this before. Never said Carolina she was. Carolina is one of the smarties. So um, just yeah. impulsive. So we'll get to her. We'll get to her <laughs> in a sec. But let's start the working our way quarter by quarter through this draw, starting at the top half with Simona Halep, who opens against Allison Risk, which I think is not a bad opener. Allison's outside top hundred now, a good player and experienced player, but hasn't had a win like that per se. And Clay wouldn't be. Where you expect her to get it. She's gotten better on other surfaces after emerging as Princess of Birmingham early in her career and just dominating on grass. And I think it's a crazy number, like 12 of her, her first 12 tour level wins were all on grass across like three or four different years. And she, anyway, I don't think she's going to win <laughs> that match. Fair enough. I mean, she is but. in the final in Nuremberg. Nuremberg. Yeah. Um, and, uh, she's you tr- know, trending up. Great. Yeah, trending up. Um, has played Halep very close on hard court, the quick hard court in Shenzhen, which is a little bit different than, or not Shenzhen, it was a hard court in China? Now Wuhan, Allison maybe? has has, has extended her princessdom, kingdom? Not What's the kingdom for a princess? I don't know. To China. Because she's really good in China now. She is very good in so China. So she has specific forte. Yeah, she's very good at Ch- and she's, in China. And she's adding clay with the Nuremberg yeah. title. Watch out. That's, so we'll see. I mean, yeah. it, it's tough. I mean, to, to, to go from a final straight into the French Open uh, is tough, but... Yes, that is Halp's first round, and if she wins that, she'll play the winner of either Taylor Townsend, who got the U.S. Open wild card in the the, the playoff competition, uh, or Myrtille George. Did I no? Ben's I, I think that's right. Not that's, that, really? that's that's not that wasn't terrible as okay. far as I would go. Yeah, it's just hard because his name is spelled almost exactly the same as Yulia Gerges' last name, so you just have to differentiate. So yeah. George, I think it's a good way to go. Um, I, I think Caleb Straw is, is pretty good. Uh, for Well, the wild card is Mladenovic, who's this other seed, and she get in the third round. Mladenovic plays really well at this tournament and gets up for this big stage and loves the stage and loves getting the French crowd on her side. And if, if Mladenovic gets some form, she could make that match uncomfortable and annoying for Simona. Um, Mladenovic has not been playing great this year, and she is 0-4 against Andrea Pekovic, who she plays in the first round here. Um, so I don't know. I, I Overall, I think Halep... I would call Halep, as we go out through her quarter, I think she's a draw winner yep. overall. Um, but it won't be... I think her as a draw neutral. Like, I didn't look at her draw and say, oh my gosh, you got... I think two other players got pretty soft draws. But um, Halep was just kind of like, okay, that's that's a workable slam draw for you. Yeah. You know, and we'll see. And then the next section, the next uh, 16 seed is this number 16 seed, Elise Mertens, uh, who is in this section... Uh, with Gavrilova as the other seed, and Kirstea and Vesnina are in here too. This is not the strongest section, but it's not weak either. But unless Mertens continues her slam success of Australia, I don't see those players being particularly challenging to Halep. I think Halep gets through to the quarters here yeah, I mean, relatively Mert- unscathed. I think, I think Mertens is, is still a danger. I mean, Mertens and Halep did play in, uh, in Madrid. Mertens was basically like super ill in that match. I think that there was a lot of us who thought that she might pull out of it before they took the court. Um, she had been the ho- in the hospital, like I think on Monday, the day before that she had gotten some, some sort of virus. And yet she still, after getting, I think bangled in the first set, she made it really close in the second set. So if that match happens, I would absolutely circle that as being a potential upset. I just mm. think that Mer- Merton's figured out some things and that was their first meeting. They had never played each other. And I think that, Merton, I, if I'm Elise Mertens, I come out of that match feeling pretty okay in terms of how I stacked up against uh, Simona Halep. So that's where I mean I would circle that, but you know, but otherwise, yeah, I mean I think that this is this is pretty good for Halep. Um, 
you know, she's got also, you know, Kerber and Garcia, which is potential. I mean, it, it's, yeah, first week should be okay. But I, I, if Mertens makes it through the first two rounds, I think it's, it's, it's a match you have to look at. Uh, Kerber and Garcia mentioned are possible quarterfinal opponents. And the, actually, the player who I circle in that uh, eighth of the draw is a different person. His name is Kiki Burtons, who's in there too. And we love a clay specialist, Kiki Burtons, in these parts, especially this time of year. This is where she gets to shine. And she's really lived up to that sort of handle and moniker, winning Charleston, playing really well in Madrid, where she made the final. Uh, she's one to watch on this surface for sure. And yeah, I think that for me, she's got not a draw winner for no. sure. Yeah. Um, she did beat Kerber in the first round here a couple of years ago. So they do have that prior, but Burton's is my pick to get through. And I think Burton's is the biggest challenge in that quarterfinal to uh, Howlett. Yeah. And maybe, maybe and sure. you know, Burton's Garcia could be a coin flip maybe if they get there, but I, I like, I like, I, I back Kiki on clay. I, I buy into people who know how to do things on surfaces. Yeah. And she, the, the most important thing for Kiki uh, Burton's on clay is that she knows that she can do things on this surface. And so, you know, Kiki's always been a player that is, has really struggled with confidence. She's not a yeah. naturally confident player, but that's why her game elevates so much on clay is because on clay, she got swag. Somehow. I don't get it, but she just, everything about the surface just plays right into her game and she's so comfortable. And I mean, I, I still say, like, I think that if, if you're a tennis channel, if you're Eurosport, if you're a broadcaster and you can set up an ISO cam on Kiki Burton's footwork during a rally, like, she's one of the most efficient sliders into the ball on clay. Like, you, you can take her footwork, for example, and you can line it up next to, like, a Waz, Caroline Wozniacki, and Wozniacki's faster like she's a speedier, more agile player. But if you just watch how they both know, like move on clay, you can see very quickly why this surface just like it can sometimes be a struggle for Caroline because she just slides past the ball and Kiki just always slides into the ball, perfect distance, on balance, full load, and is able to hit. It's it's really cool. Like I I'm I'm big on I'm big on the Kiki footwork. And because she's a bigger player, she's a tall, strong yeah. girl. She's not someone. People immediately look to her feet as being a weapon or right. being a strength. I mean, she's not like, it's not like, I don't know, Krunich or somebody who you may, oh, footwork must be good and her speed must be really there. Like Kiki's Burton's is a deceptive mover, as I yeah. say. And yeah. so she totally, totally gets that. And yeah, I'm high on her for this tournament. The second quarter of the draw is, I think, the most loaded, it's fair to say. Uh, this is where Serena landed, along with Topsy Garbini Muguruza and Karolina Pliskova and Maria Sharapova is also in here too. But we'll start with the top. Here, uh, Muguruza's actually her first round is rough against Svetlana Kuznetsova. Uh, she also played, she had a horrible draw here last year, too. Muguruza, she played Skiavoni first, and then she played Kontovite second, and then she eventually lost uh, fourth round to Milanovic. I remember, can't remember her, th- her third round wasn't a cake either, it was just a hellish draw for Garby this year. Bad first round, but better after that, I think. Uh, until and I actually like her to get through to the quarters here, but you never know what Garby. She is just like all or nothing results yeah. wise, and that makes her someone we'll be able to tell pretty early. Was it nothing? Oh, if she's not here on Friday, it was nothing. If if not, watch out because she can win this title again. Yeah, she's not. She's going to be on everybody's favorite list, despite not having a really great clay lead up. She said that she, you know, felt like she was. She had those matches against Kasatkina and Gavrilova in Madrid and Rome, and just they they slipped through her fingers. Uh, had match points, I think, in both of them and lost. Um, and, uh, yeah, so maybe not match points against Kasatkin. I can't remember specifically, but anyways. Um, so yeah, I mean, she's always going to be a totally money pick at nearly any slam to be like, oh yeah, she can win it because she can, but, but it's all up to her and, and we'll, we'll just have to see, but yeah, a little bit of a tricky one with Kuznetsova, who's obviously still coming back from, from wrist surgery. Um, and it's hard to know kind of where Sveta is at the moment, so kind of, in my opinion, a little bit more of a blockbuster match on paper than, yeah. you know, like you see it in the draw and you're like, ooh, and then, but is it actually going to be this epic match? I don't know. But I would tend to think not just because I'm not entirely sure Sveta is where she needs to be. And after Muguruza would get Fiona Farrow or Karina Vidhoff second round, that's pretty, pretty uh, desirable in terms of what you want as a player. And the third round, she could play some names. I mean, in Stoser or Pavlyuchenkova especially are two players who've know their way around slams and can do things and would not be easy matchups. Yeah, I was in a final this weekend. Yeah, I mean, Stoser, she's doing well. Yeah, and Stoser's always loves this tournament, especially. Uh, the next, in the fourth round, uh, Muguruza faces, the high seed there is Coco Vandaway, 
and Rebarco is also there. It's kind of an interesting, weird little section here. Mm-hmm. But Debbie Chiesa making her Grand Slam debut. Debbie Cheese. Shout out to Debbie Cheese. Uh, her name is Deborah. I don't know if she actually if she calls her Debbie. <laughs> we do. Uh, and we love all the Adam's Family values gifts that go with that. <laughs> Deborah. <laughs> yes, Deborah. Um, Laura Siegman's in here, too. She lost to Vandway and Stuttgart, which I was very surprised by that result. Um, so I'm not sure Coco's how that beaten, Coco's 4-0 against Laura Ziegemann and yeah. has won their last two matches, which were on clay in, in Stuttgart. It was surprising they had to have a new highlight. So, highlight you know, yeah. like, it's, again, it's one of those where it, it, it's a confusing head-to-head to me because um, they haven't been close matches. Oh, no, they've been three-setters, I think. But, uh, yeah, so I, I would definitely circle that one, though. That's a, that's a really interesting first-round match. Yeah. Um, but overall, yeah, Muguruza is my pick. But, again, I'm not betting high on... I need first week insurance with her or something like that. Okay. And then uh, comes the fun section here with Carolina Pliskova as the high seed. Also, Yulia Gerges. And in here, let's just start with Serena. Serena starts off against Christina Pliskova. Uh, Chris Pliss, as she is known to those who like rhymes. Uh, and then Serena's draw, I think, is really good. I think everyone was saying the whole reaction is what Serena, how tough will it be? Has she, she's been, quote-unquote, punished by the tournament. And there was nothing, honestly, punishing about the draw she got in the end. Uh, to use that word differently, uh, she gets Pliskova, Christina Pliskova first, and then uh, Vikliantseva, who's ranked 70 or 80-something, and then Ash Barty, who's never beaten a top 50 player on clay and is not playing particularly well at the moment. Um, and just retired from her tournament with an injury. Yeah. So, yeah. so that she might actually change, or maybe she'll pull out. I don't know. Hopefully Ash is healthy, but it's not a bad draw for Serena. And then in the third, third round, it's more of a legit, but like a... Not an unduly legit third round challenge at a slam, playing one of Yulia Gerges or uh, Alison Vanoit, Vanoit Fank, who likes clay, or Dominika Sibokova. So, all in all, I think Serena, you know, has to be satisfied or, you know, content with this draw. It's this first week is very workable. It's workable. There's enough there as well where she'll be, not that she wouldn't have been, but, but there's, you know, good motivation there. I mean, these are some, there's some good names in her draw, but like they're ones that you think, well, if Serena's playing, you know, at her level of Indian Wells, I think that she makes it through, you know, the first two rounds for sure. And then you, you, you just kind of have to see if, if which Yulia Gerges shows up. Is it the Yulia Gerges who is a top 10 player or Sybil Kova, or is it the one that, that, that still struggles at slams? Um, uh, Gerges, who still has yet to make a quarterfinal, I believe. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, so yeah, so, but that's, those are, yeah, for all the Sturm and Drang. Still? Fourth round. Fourth round. There was lightning. Uh, It just flashed on everyone's monitors at once. And Courtney, (laughs) I don't know if you knew this about Courtney. Courtney loves stormy weather. (laughs) She loves big, loud crashing sounds. She loved when um, we were at our Airbnb and there was a huge storm and it sounded like a London air raid. She was so into that. It was like a shotgun went outside my window. It was stunningly loud. I'm not okay with it, and I'm a little bit worried about having to walk home in this weather, but continue. All right. Uh, where it does get more interesting for Serena is in the fourth round, uh, where Maria Sharapova looms as a possible meeting as the 28th seed. Um, and people have been talking about, would Maria like actually like like to get a chance at Serena with these question marks around Serena at this point, having famously lost her last 18 matches in a row and really kind of in need of a boost in that matchup? Or, uh, Christina, or Carolina Pliskova, who's in here. Is the other high seed. I expect Sharapova and Pliskova both to get through to that match with each other. Which will be fun. That should be a fun match. I, I can't remember any of their matches before. I cannot remember them playing. No, because most of during most of the Carolina Pliskova rise, Maria was AWOL. Yep. Uh, or actually, <laughs> absent with leave. Um, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> uh, she was told where to go. Or just told not to be here. Yeah, uh, yeah so that's that could be interesting. And yeah, I would... Be very interest, intrigued to see Serena versus either Carolina Pliskova or Maria Sharapova. Obviously, the popcorn will be brewing much more for the uh, more high-profile match. But I think that's a really fun section. And either whoever one of them gets out of that, that's good grammar, uh, Pliskova or Serena or uh, Sharapova, I think could be a very good challenge for a pot- potentially informed Muguruza, if that's who's looming there. So... Overall, that's my favorite quarter of this draw, and either draw. I think it's a lot of fun. And, and I do think that it is kind of funny that Serena does end up landing in the Muguruza quarter simply because their history is really defined by this tournament with mm-hmm. Muguruza beating her twice here in the final and then also, what was that, round of third round? Second round. Second round. Second yeah, round. When 2014. That was the kind of like Garbina Muguruza has arrived 
match. So the fact that they could potentially, uh, you know, meet in the quarterfinals is uh, that that could be interesting. <laughs> Bottom half of the draw. Now we'll start off with the third quarter, which the high seed in is Elena Svitolina, but top line is Elena Ostapenko, uh, defending champion Elena Ostapenko, who has again just done miraculous things to consolidate the fact that she's like her ranking has gotten higher and she's not on this like there's no sense that people like Ostapenko is like on the verge of a points cliff nope. here, and that's an incredible engineering achievement that she was able yeah. to, to to make herself. With that game, you never could have told me last year for full that she'd win this tournament. But second of all, but then she'd back it up and consolidate and become a, like a steady, steady top five player. It's crazy to me. I think it's one of the most underrated stories in tennis in the past year. I think it's the story in tennis probably in the last year. It's her doing. It's her. It's her whole from round one here last year on. Uh, her draw is messy. She gets uh, Kozlova first round, who she's lost to twice in a couple. I don't, I'm not worried about that match. They played not since Penko Ben Penko. And then Victoria Azarenka or Sinyakova, neither one of them is great, but Azarenka is not a comfortable matchup and someone who seems kind of perfectly designed to undo a player like Ostapenko. Yeah, she nearly undid, you know, Karolina Pliskova um, yeah. in Madrid. That match going three sets and deep and it wasn't the prettiest match to no, watch, it but it was because of that, Pliskova just couldn't get rhythm and really kind of struggled at times. And so, yeah, I mean, Azarenka, I feel like is the definite, like she is under the radar here. Not, I mean, obviously this has never been a, a super successful slam for her. And she did get corked real bad by Naomi Osaka in Rome. She did. She did. But yeah, I mean, that second rounder, Potentially against Ostapenko, Azarenko Ostapenko, popcorn. That's good. Mega stuff. popcorn. That's just good stuff. And just both really different energies and Vika's competitiveness will always sort of keep her thinking she's at least in any match. You just don't see her get killed that much, and she'll put up a good fight. And yep. On a good on a big stage, it'll be her first time that sort of occasion. Well, because she was in it, uh, not quite as high profile, but against Halep at Wimbledon last year, and she. To that occasion, even, even still through. being undercooked. I mean, didn't she, like, battle past, like, Heather Watson? Yeah. And, you know, she she looked a little scrappy at times. But, yeah, her competitive instincts are still pretty fire. It, it's not about that. It's about getting the game um, kind of lined up. Mama don't play, yo. Mama don't play. Uh, Shritsova also in there. But I think, basically, whoever gets out of Ostapenko and Azarenka, I like to get through there. I, I pick Ostapenko. Ostapenko might. It's such a bizarre bet. But Ostapenko, to skip ahead, might be my, like, tournament favorite. Because why not? <laughs> you know i mean who's the, keep I betting mean, on black yeah that's the thing like who's the bet against her we know what she can do yeah. um i do think you know weather conditions will play a big role but we say that but she played through crazy wind and cold evenings as well i believe last year if i recall mm-hmm. um when you have that power sometimes conditions don't really matter as much no. especially with her confidence in, That's the thing. In the fourth round, Ostapenko would face either Venus Williams, who actually has a good record against Ostapenko. Maybe just want to know, but they won that Wimbledon anyway. Or Kanta. Will, Venus and Kanta are always near each other they in draws. Are. They are. They are draw soulmates. As are Venus and Wang, uh, Wang Shang. Yeah, that's true. Times, so. Yeah. Interesting potential second rounder, though. Potentially. Venus and Petra Martic. I think Venus is vulnerable here. I don't think Venus is a lock to make that fourth round Ostapenko at all. Venus uh, was not really convincing in Rome, honestly. And yeah, I, I, she's an incredible. She's been incredibly consistent at Grand Slams last year. Uh, this year, she lost the first round to Benchich in Australia. I'm not. She's not someone. I, I yeah. I'm not writing that in pen. That get her into that fourth round. Well, yeah. I mean, it, it's it's a tough one as well because again, the worst slam, the worst major for Venus as well. But also, she even just results wise in 2018 compared to 2017 week in week out tour level slam level it's been and again the australian open draw was brutal that she got benched she was like on like some like 23 match win streak effectively at that point um so that wasn't that that derailed some things and i thought she played a really good match in sydney against kerber i want to say yeah first round Yeah. yeah and that was a tough draw too so she's been hosed by the draw a little bit but you know, getting the repetition. She was going deep consistently last year by this by this point. Maybe not on clay, but even at least on the hard court. Haven't seen that no. quite yet. So we'll see. We will see. Uh, and then in the other eighth of this third quarter of the draw is, I see it is Alina Svitolina, who is the Rome champion again as she came in here last year. 
and other high. I, I think her draw first week is pretty great. Can't complain about this. Opens with Iowa Tomjanovic and then Kuzmova or Skiavoni, who everyone's very happy to see qualify at 37, 2010 champ here. And then Buzernescu is her seed, who we talked a lot about the Buzernescu seeding, but all that being said and still valid, uh, Buzernescu is not a threatening seed, I don't think, to a player of Svitolina's caliber. And then uh, she plays a big hitter potentially, if assuming the seeds hold in that top section, in either Madison Keys or. Naomi Osaka. Do you see danger, which is a fun match to analyze on its own. Not, I don't think it's like a consequential match here per se, but do you see danger for Elena before she has to play Ostapenko? Look, I mean, if I, just based on, there's a big part of me that if you, if I had to, if, if I was shoved and was like, you have to pick a favorite, I would probably pick Alina Spitalina as my French it's Open favorite. Lot, yeah. I just was incredibly impressed by her level in Rome. And maybe that's just recency bias because obviously she didn't play well in the tournaments leading up to Rome. Rome was really where it all came together. But just there's there was so much to like about the way that she was playing there en route to the title defense. And she was one of my draw winners, like 100%. I think that this is a very, very good and workable draw for yeah. her. Even when she she gets into playing against the top seeds, these are top seeds that, you know, I'm on some level you're pretty comfortable with if you're Alina Spitalino. Okay, it's Ostapenko. Ostapenko can blast you off the court, sure. Same but, with Keys and Osaka. And same with Keys and Osaka, and that's going to be the roll of the dice. But that, she knows how to unnerve But them. she also knows, and I and I and again, she, I think she's moving so well. I think she was defending really, really well in, in Rome. So, I, you know, I, I like this draw for Alina Spitalina, who is still looking to make her first semifinal uh, at a slam. And if it doesn't happen here, I mean, yes, again, she could get hit off the court. Somebody can just go nuts, but gotta like this quarter. I agree. I agree. And now I'm <clears throat> not doubting my Ostapenko favorite pick. I should. But just again, <laughs> you can this, say whoever gets out of that. There's this thing with with Svitolina, which is different because it was on display in on Sunday in Rome, different than Zverev, in that like Svitolina, like the belief I just don't know about with her. Like when the going gets tough sure. in these mid rounds of slams. I think Elena Svitolina just hears the Jaws theme, and just it just all gets very dark, and or maybe The Shining. I don't know what movie you want to use, but it's not good for her. No, she can be very negative, yeah. and and she can get negative very very quickly. And we've seen, as has been made clear on this podcast throughout the course of the last twelve months, time and time again, where she is in a positive position, almost a dominant position, and she lets matches go at slams. Yeah. Occasionally at the tour level as well. She had those losses to Garcia last fall that weren't great. But but otherwise, you know, Halep here, seemingly an insurmountable lead, lets it go. Keys at the U.S. Open. Uh, she lost. I think she did lose to Ostapenko at Wimbledon. Yes, she did. Yeah, that she was a good match. Which though. was a good match, and it was fine. And Svitolina's still trying to figure out grass. But... Uh, yeah, I, I'm, I, but I was impressed by the way that Svitolina closed out her matches in tight situations last week, uh, in Rome. And not that the score lines were tight or anything, but just how she closed them out. Like if she was even down love 15 or love 30, like continuing to back herself, going for the big serve, going for the big shots. So I think that there are signs that the mentality has changed for her, but it seems like we say that all the time. We won't and then, know for a week. Yeah, we won't know. So... We won't know. Um, and but it's it's coming. It's she's. You got to think it's coming. Constantly she's too good. Of, she's too she's good too a player good. To, to not win one of these soon. Yeah. Um, yeah. She just is, and Rome is just not that different than here. It, it mentally, it just shouldn't be. Uh, bottom quarter is anchored by Caroline Wozniacki, who is going for a calendar slam this year in theory. Uh, if she wins here, uh, Courtney is shaking her head. I don't think that's very likely either, but just she's the only player doing no, it because Rod's out. I'm not laughing because I don't think it's likely. I'm just laughing that you're even bringing it up when there's only been one freaking slam. I'm just saying. <laughs> you're just setting the table for people. People love, people love a slam. Uh, so the Caroline's in there, and the more intriguing player probably is the eight seed, uh, Patrick Vidova. We just, I, I mean, get to Caroline briefly. We'll get to her in our section. I don't think she's considered an opposing clay threat. She's never made a semifinal here. Kvitova, though, is a very intriguing player. Kvitova won Prague and won Madrid, which are two very different clay court tournaments in terms of conditions, which speaks very well to the flexibility and range you need. Even if the competition's not that hard in Prague, always the range you need on clay. And her draw's not that... I think it's deceptively hard, actually. I think uh, she opens against uh, Veronica sepete Roig, who made the fourth round here last year and played Pliskova really tough in a match that almost no one watched because I think there was some more exciting match happening 
on Chatre at the time. I want to say it was like Garcia. Mm-hmm. Halep Garcia? No. Was that a match? No. That was a match, but it's going to bother me. Who it? What was the match? Oh, I think it was Garcia Cornet? I Garcia Cornet. Yeah, that was <laughs> considered pretty popcorny at the time. Uh, yeah, so Stefani Roig has success here. It's defending a lot of points here. Uh, and then Annette Contevite looms as a possible third round for her. Which I think is would be a great match. Yeah. Like, again, like when I talk about the balanced nature of the draw, like I think that there's some really, really intriguing, for example, third round matches, which not always happens, you know? But there are a lot of them that are circle here that I'm like, ooh, that I want to see. I think you're underselling your product. I think the WT has 32 wonderful seeds in this <laughs> tournament. And a lot of them, seriously though, a lot of them would be... We'll get to the men's draw when we get to I'm the men's not, draw. I'm not laughing because I'm like laughing. I'm just we'll like... We'll get to the men's draw when we get to the men's draw. But I'm I was like watching myself. watching the way they do the draw here. Go back to the ceremony. They put all the unseated players in first. And with the women, you're like, oh, ooh, oh, okay. And the men, I was trying to find anything to tweet, like interesting first match. And I was like, Wish I had an old Nokia so I could just play Snake instead. It was that, it was that <laughs> bad. Um, right. But anyway, it just didn't feel relevant in the way that all these women's matches feel relevant. And so the fourth round for whoever gets out of Kvitova and Kantavite would be two very game players, and especially on this surface. Or not especially for Sloan, because Sloan's better on hard courts probably than but Clay. She loves, even she, she loves it, she though. Loves she thinks it. she's their best surface, even if statistically definitely not. Uh, Sloan, Stevens, and... Anastasia Sevastova, I think I like both their paths to get to the third round pretty easily. Three, quali- four qualifiers in this section. Yeah. In this small section. Including one lucky loser, yeah. Rus, after oh, Monica Nikolescu it drew. I know. When people figured that out, I was so sad. <laughs> um, yeah, so Stevens or Sevastova could be defensive challenges for uh, Kudova, and that's an intriguing matchup there, too. And then all that sets up to the bottom Wozniacki part, which I think is actually really pretty open and really... Tasty for the number 14 seed in there, Daria Kisaka. You really? Don't think I so. disagree wholeheartedly. Well, her first round is no good against Kanepi. Her first round is very no good against Kaya Kanepi. But after that. Is, no. Uh, I mean, maybe, but that I think that I had, I believe I had Waz as one of the. No, did I have her as a draw winner? She, yeah, I did. Uh, just because, like, I mean, Danielle Collins hasn't been able to do much on Clay since that run in Miami. Um, so there's no kind of like data points to say that Danielle Collins is, is going to pull that off, but she could. Interestingly, Danielle Collins told me that she watches, when I was, yeah, I saw this. She told me she watches a lot of footage of Wozniacki and I was like, I don't think, I think of you as much more, not a player like Wozniacki whatsoever, but she was like, she thinks, she has a lot of respect for Wozniacki Mm -hmm. and she thinks Wozniacki is deceptively aggressive. And I also just liked that she scouts. Mm-hmm. Because most players don't do that as right. basic as that seems. So I was really into that. Yeah. No, so that's that's an intriguing, definitely an intriguing first rounder that I'm going to watch. And then second um, second round for Wozniacki would be either Baczynski, who hasn't played, obviously has been injured, hasn't played a clay match. We're all kind of surprised she's in this tournament. Yeah, saw her hitting today out on, on, on court one. Um, she said she'll come here, hit a bit, and then make a decision. Mm-hmm. So we still don't know there. Um, and then first seed would be Cornet, who plays Sara Arani. You are skipping over Georgina Garcia Perez. Oh, is that who Tamea has? Yes. Sorry. Oh, okay. Yes. I it, have it, a non They have a pre qualifier yeah. draw. Yes. Yeah. Georgina Garcia Perez is in there, and she is a hoot. And her playing as Wozniacki would be a lot of fun. Oh my gosh. It's a lot. I can't wait. Right she goes by Hurricane Georgie, and she is just that. She is a phenomenon of nature. <laughs> And she's like, she, a lot of people, she hasn't been played on that many big courts, so people suspect from very limited data that she might have the hardest serving women's tennis. You say people suspect, she suspects. No, like, she's the been, one that pushes it. There have been scoreboard, like, there have been, she played doubles in Budapest. No, once. I know, I I'm saying, but this. she's the one that pushes this all the time. And I it's know. like having to. She is a truther of herself, and I'm into to it. to explain to her and to her agent how, like, why she has not at least on official recorded records, hit the biggest serve in the history of women's tennis is a really frustrating thing to have to do over and over and over and over again. <laughs> this is, it's an interesting yeah. hypothetical you presented there. Yes. Um, yeah, so that's that's the draw. I'm, anyway, I just hope that she gets on TV because I think that she is uh, the kind of a lot which we need. There's also, you didn't let me finish my Cornet Arani first rounder. Oh, why didn't you save almost? That's my fault. That's my fault. <laughs> it's the keyword there. That's my fault. It's the Cornea Ronnie safe word, or the unsafe word, or whatever <laughs> oh, whatever it is. All right, so that's that's the women's draw. Let's get you to the dudes. Hit me. Um, you guys, as per usual. 
well, I'll, I'll go ahead. Yeah, I'll give you this one. This one doesn't have the, quali the qualifiers okay. on it. Uh, Courtney's not seen this draw. Why don't you just take a look? Take a look. Flip through both pages, then we'll get granular. Please read out. Please oh. think out loud because it's audio. Okay. Oh, sorry. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't know if I was going to kind of what. All right. <coughs> Rafael Nadal, number one seed. Blah, blah, blah. Playing Alexander Dolgopolov in the first round. Okay. First seed that Rafa could face is Richard Gasquet. Oh, that again? Okay. Uh, then the next seed that he could face would be either Jack Sock or Denis Shapovalov. Oh, Shapovalov Nadal could be fun. Um, maybe not for Shapo. Um, and then after that, then the high, oh, so the, so the, so the highest seed in, in Rafa's quarter is Kevin Anderson. Yes. <laughs> okay. Um, also in here, Diego Schwartzman, Cole Schreiber, Feliciano Lopez. Okay. Can I condense your thoughts so far into a single four letter word? Okay. May I? It starts with a C, doesn't it? Yes, and it rhymes with ache. Because <laughs> it's cake. This draw is cake. Wow. The great man. thing I was going to say about the draws, the women's draw is balanced. And the men's draw is actually balanced, too. Because it's this enormous weight that's Rafael Nadal. And literally everybody else vaguely mm. relevant on the bottom half. Which I think ah, is really good ooh. because like, okay. the other people get to all compete to be runner-up. Which is kind of fair. <laughs> so Honestly. No, because I yeah, mean, you don't want... If, if team was in Nadal's quarter... Right, but he could have like, made the he could have made the final out of the bottom half. You'd feel bad for team. Right. There's no real player, with the exception of possible semifinal opponent John Isner, who, <laughs> which has just become trolling at this point. I hope you I hope people realize have that. Have you discussed this? Like, have you pitched this idea on NCR yet? I'm not sure. Recently, so the, can I, you please explain? Ben is Ben is convinced, and now is just doubling and tripling and quadrupling down on the idea that the man. Who petrifies Rafael Nadal on clay is America's own John Isner. North Carolina's own John Isner. Green, Greensboro, North Carolina, to be more specific. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I said it. I believe this, and the thing is, a lot of people have said they agree with me, like in private. It's one of those things is like you can't voice this publicly. It's that fringe of a belief so or taboo. something. But and they're not gonna. The thing is with John, and we'll get to. I guess just get right to John's quarter because he's in the quarter with Del Potro and Chilich. Uh, the second quarter of the draw, because I think there's nothing going on this first quarter, which feels bad. I mean, I would like to see, finish up the first quarter very briefly. I think Diego Schwartzman can make the quarters, which would be a good result for Yay! him. He's in the, uh, he's the, I am he's so the 11 here for seed. Diego top 10. He's very close. He's not that far he's off. He's very close. That really freaked me out the other day, because I saw him tweet about new cry ranking, like number 13 12, or 12 or 11 12. or something. I was like, what has happened the last 12 months? <laughs> I mean, he's doing okay while no one else is. So that's kind of yeah. the bar. He's doing. He's, the he's bar, pretty consistent. as in like the limbo bar, is very low, or the I guess the hurdle bar is very the high jump bars. The bar we're talking about is very low. I think Schwartzman can make the quarters, and that'd be a good result for him. His match against Kolschreiber, uh, I mean, in theory, is interesting, or maybe Chorich. And anyway, it's just hard to think that these men are relevant because Rafa's going to win this thing. <laughs> All right, uh, this other quarter, Isner. The reason that Isner is. The person I said would be what I meant, and I think people hope I don't think people dismiss this or didn't. I don't know if I didn't write it clearly. Half on me, half on them, probably all on me. Is that I think that Rafa is that Isner is the most uncomfortable matchup for Rafa on clay, and the and peak Isner is scarier than peak anybody else for Rafa on clay because it takes it the most out of his hands, and he's playing well. He was, I mean, he's had some crappy results the last couple weeks, but Isner won Miami. Let's remember he's at his career high ranking. He beat really good players. I mean, that was not a Jack Sock Bercy type title. That was him beating Chung and Zverev and Chilich and Delpo, maybe? I think. I think that's right. It was a really good it was a really good run. Yeah, Delpo in the semis, I remember that. Because it was an afternoon match, it should have been a night match, the whole thing. Uh Isner, I'm literally just sitting back and watching this happen. <laughs> Isner has never made a Grand Slam semifinal. And I don't think he will here probably because he just never has. He's not a great best of five player. Um if he did make it there, I think Nadal would say, well, it's uh, very, John's very good opponent. I'll have to play my best tennis, you know, in order to have a chance in this match. I'll say it against anybody, but he would say it against John, too. Uh, yeah, they won't play each other, but if they did, I think it would be the match where I'd give Nadal's opponent the best chance of beating him. That's all I'm saying. And, and, and I don't think that's mathematically insane, because who else are we talking about here? I They're not going to play each other. It won't be relevant, because Isner could... Well, actually, Isner's draw is not bad. 
I mean, he gets he gets uh, Noah Rubin first, and he should be able to hit him off the court. And Ceballos or Sugita, same thing. Burdich, I think he's, I don't know, his record against Burdich is not terrible. And Burdich is trending kind of down. He just got a haircut, which I don't like. Um, not that I don't like the haircut, but I liked it better with long hair. He did a poll. I voted the other way. <laughs> Democracy in action. Uh, Delpo is a lot of injury concerns after he tweaked his groin on Piantrangeli. Uh, Ramos Vignolas actually could be a tricky, uh, he knows his way around a clay court. For it, breaking out Isner's draw in detail here to keep you updated on what's happening. Uh, and then Ch- Chilich kind of Chilich kind of right vultured now. through. Actually, the person who I think can make the, the semis here for the second slam in a row, Kyle Edmund. Yeah, there's a lot of talk about this being Kyle Edmund's, you know. He is Fanini in the third round, which is not a gimme on sure. play at all. Fanini knows how to win matches uh, somehow. Uh, he knows how to do a lot of things on court. His repertoire is full. Uh, yeah. I think this section's really wide open, and I think you can make a case for Chilich, Fanini, Edmund, Isner, and healthy Delpo, or even maybe even stretch Vinol- Ramos Vignolas to make the semis and lose gracefully to Rafael Nadal, who will then get a tougher challenge in his final. And why don't you... I don't even need to look at this big picture. Just know that everybody else is here. All right, yeah. So I guess everybody else is here. As I'm looking at the draw, we got Alexander Zverev there on line 128, David Goffin, my man, my boy. Why do you love David Goffin so much? You know, I was thinking about it the other day, and I was like, it's been a while. And one of the reasons why it has been, apart, aside and apart from, I don't know if this occurs to anyone, but actually covering the WTA is a full-time job and can be a full-time job and takes up a lot of You've time. That. So I don't really pay attention to ATP as much these days. I think I'm pretty open and clear about that. Um, but... One of the other reasons why is because Andy hasn't been around. And as everyone knows, Andy is my favorite. Andy current, Murray, Andy for those Murray, of you very new to the show. Yes, uh, favorite ATP player. And so Andy, when Andy would play, obviously I would watch a match. So I was like just watching more men's tennis when Andy was around. And since he hasn't been, I've just watched less. And But I decided at some point a few days ago, that needs to change. Who knows what's going on with Andy Murray? Like, you need to pick another one. And I've decided that I'm going to pick David Goffin because he's little. <laughs> I did the stat, I did a story about him in Rome. Statistically, he's really little. Like, that sounds stupid. But when you compare him, like, his weight to somebody else, he's like a full 30 pounds lighter no, than anybody else in the top 10. He's teeny tiny. Yeah. And to be fair, I mean, Andy Murray, I liked him when he was just like, he was scrawny before mm-hmm. he like decided to bulk up and become all weird and manly. But, like, back when he was just, like, a lanky little dude. You were really into Manly Murray, too, though. Oh, I wasn't saying I wasn't, okay. but I'm just saying, like, chronologically. It just sounded like you were body shaming no, Fit Murray. No, I wasn't body shaming. I wasn't body shaming. Not at all. But, <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, so, Gofan, I, I appreciate kind of, I just feel like he's, like, constantly an underdog. And I and, and that, I, I, I can attach myself to that. I, we've mentioned. Also the gif. Uh, him, he's, a, he's a good dancer. The Belgium, the Belgium, the Belgium Fed Cup, uh, Davis Cup gift. Oh yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, I, I, Goffin is very endearing. I became more endeared to him stupidly, but honestly, when uh, our Twitter buddy Hurley Tennis came up with a nickname Muffin for him, yeah, just good. instantly endearing. And sadly, like a muffin, he often crumbles. <laughs> oh dear. Because like he is just not. He's remarkably bad under pressure, or like bad under duress. Like when something goes wrong for him in a match can be over like he had this match against Zverev in Rome yeah. it was a quarterfinal and he was up a break 3-2 in the third and playing really well I think it was 30-15 30-15 whatever it was Zverev was being very bratty that entire week very tantrumy and threw a racket down and like damaged the racket enough that he wanted to change his racket mid-game walked so slowly to the opposite chair you know sauntering didn't get a time violation didn't get a warning it was on golf fence serve and just like stalled the match and from that point on Literally, David Goffin won two more points in the match. It was over. And I think Zverev won, like, nine straight. Like, he just gets rattled real quick. Yeah. And that's he's fragile. He's a little fragile. A little, he, a did, he did kind of clap back It's about Zverev, though, uh, in he French. Did, which I appreciate. Uh, in an article that Carol Bouchard wrote. But, um, yeah, so I've just decided I'm down with it. And also that little photo shoot he did for the official RG uh, 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 website. Everything he does is a little. <laughs> by definition so but you know he's got that little blue suit thing collar kind of popped little a little suit little thing yeah, we <laughs> get it we get it little he's small man in a little suit tell me why no uh yeah so so i'm i'm big on the golf train these days 
Uh, Goffman actually has a really fun third round match potentially. First round, his first round is not easy. Robin Hausa is not a comfortable opponent, and Robin Hausa is kind of a homeish tournament for him. There's a big Dutch contingent. That'll be actually a really good crowd match, probably Belgium versus Netherlands at this venue. And then another good crowd match, possibly third round, if Gael Malfis makes it there, which he should because Gael has an amazing Oh my god. Draw. Who uh, are those people? Exactly. The only one that I know is Qualifier. <laughs> <laughs> which is actually true when the name is filled in because it's Martin Cleason is the Qualifier yeah, there. There you go. But the other two players are Laszlo Jere and Elliot <laughs> Ben Shitrit. Whoa! I, I've, I've never said that name before. I've never seen that name before. Like any pronunciation you want, give it Elliot to his friends. Not enough tennis players named Elliot. Uh, it's just true. Uh, yeah, so there's Malfi's draw is good. That could be it. I don't think he's healthy. The other player I don't think is healthy in this section is Nick Kyrgios, who uh, is only playing doubles this week in Leo, which is a very curious move. Because Kyrgios kind of like paints with all the colors in the crayon box, you know, in terms of things you can do. He's playing doubles with Jack Sock and Leon. Um, I think he got a coaching warning when during Sock's singles match, which was funny. Um, a soft warning. And yeah, so Kyrgios gets this amazing first round match against Bernard Tomic, who is actually trending. Not that I'm saying Kyrgios is on some big free fall, but he's not at its peak right now. Tomic has looked really good. Tomic has been very convincing. People have watched him qualifying. Didn't Won drop a set? Every match in straight sets and looks motivated and in pretty good shape and effortful. And he, and he hates clay. So for him to be like bringing this effort on his worst service bodes well for Bernie, uh, if he can sustain it, which God knows if he can, doing things on. Uh, grass and my prediction is that Kyrgios will pull out hmm. and avoid this match. I don't know that Kyrgios wants to go in half baked against Bernie. I think that's just a match, and and maybe in Kyrgios, I'd be I'd be wanting to prove me wrong. I want to see this match. I think it'll be whatever Australian popcorn is. What, what, what do they eat? Meat pies. Yeah. <laughs> meat pies. No, yeah, meat, meat, like, meat, like a do meat. Do they eat that like popcorn? Like, like a bite-sized pie? I think they actually just have popcorn in Australia. <laughs> <laughs> they probably do have popcorn. Um, but they also have other things, too. Uh, spread a little Vegemite on it. It's great. Uh, yes, I mean, I, yeah. it, I, I, it I, would I, be a super bummer if Nick wasn't able to play that match. I, I, I don't know. I kind of, though, also think that from Curios's perspective, he could go into that match and... He 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 can play with less discipline than Tomic has to play in that matchup. Like he's got the bigger weapons, he can if his whatever he can do. I just don't know what physically he's able to do right now in terms of serve or you know really crunching the forehand and stuff like that. Just writing know. up the X's and O's of that matchup is bizarre. Just trying to make the, put those yeah. two those two uh, unicorns styles, against yeah. each other. Uh, but the player likely to make fourth round out of here is Pablo Carina Busta who tends to do things quietly and successfully, uh, is in here. And he made quarters here last year. Yes, uh, he, he would be Goffin's uh, fourth round. That's a pretty loaded fourth round, actually. That's a strong fourth round. Uh, that's what I'm saying. That's just like the relevant players are all down here. Um, the next section is uh, the next uh, eighth features Grigor Dimitrov, but the big player in here really is Novak Djokovic, um, who I think is a draw winner for sure. Uh, in the first round with the qualifier Dutra oh, Silva. Oh, you could play Ferrer? Then he plays Ferrer second, and then, oh, Hame Munar, who beat Ducky Lee today, and I was so sad. It was super bummer town. Did you watch? No, but I saw he had, the he summaries. Had, he had, he got, kind of strategically got bagels in the second set. Explain actually, to people actually, the significance of Ducky Lee. Ducky Lee, I wrote a story about in Korea uh, a couple years ago, which is still available on the internet, uh, In about him. He's a, he was short version is that he was born deaf he's completely totally deaf uh and in and he's korean too so he doesn't speak english or understand english so he's a very isolated player socially on i mean he's very friendly but he's also has trouble communicating with everybody and can't hear anything on the court can't hear the ball off the racket can't hear out calls which is the most problematic thing especially when they're behind him mm-hmm. like when the ball's coming towards him like he a couple times today like ball landed on the line and he just sort of stopped playing assuming there was going to be an out call oh. and there just wasn't one oh. and he sort of looks and was like and then and oh. then yeah it, it, it happens it, yeah, it, it does affect yeah, yeah, him it makes, it, it makes him lose points which is frustrating but just the way it is um and so they don't really have people have asked if they have accommodations chair empires all know about this and they all do as you know their best to try to make visual out calls or uh, you know hold out their hand which they don't you know for in it's harder and yeah. out he can usually tell points are over yeah when they're not over it's a little trickier um, and they come down out of the chair, and someone was, he, the chair empire today, who was it today? Oh, it was Arno Gabas was in the chair today for that match, and he came down and, like, told him and, like, mimed that Munar was getting a physio 
Mm. And it was like, that was very helpful. He'd yeah. come down and be like, he's getting a yeah. rub of some kind. It was good. Good work by Arno Gavas. Um, anyway, Ducky was up, uh, got a break early in the third, held on to that break all the way to 5-3, had two match points on return at 5-3, missed returns on like two decent serves. They weren't bad match point misses. And then he got um, up, he served then for the match at 5-4, got up 30 love, had this easy volley at the net to go up 40 love and get triple match point and completely just did not hit it in the court. Uh, and then lost that game pretty quickly from there, but then broke again for 6-5 in the third, served that again, did not come as close that time, and then got pretty trounced in the final set tiebreak, lost at 7-1. And Munyar, who I think trains in the Nadal Academy, is from Catalonia or maybe Mallorca, I'm not sure exactly, somewhere in that part of Spain, it's kind of an Nadal protege i think that always has qualifying matches in australia i want to say anyway um and he beat some really good players here he beat smichek and felix Auger aliasme so he could where's he in this draw he could be an interesting but i don't i think Djokovic have no problem with him all i'm saying is Djokovic, sad for ducky uh, who still has not made a tour main draw of any kind no atp events oh. or slams and i'm just also surprised he hasn't gotten any single atp wild card i don't know what people are doing he's an amazing story um if somebody like uh they need they need a they need a soul open. Yeah, or if like Beijing wanted to turn wild card one year, I think that'd be a wonderful gesture, yeah. um, all for East Asian unity. Uh, yeah, so Djokovic, I, I think his draw is pretty good. I think Batista Agut uh, is not the most imposing person in here, and uh, Dimitrov is not a player who I think he can't beat right now. Mm. Uh, so yeah. I think Djokovic can absolutely make the quarters, and then in the semis against Karenio or Goffin, that's not unwinnable either. It's depending on how his, his stamina is, because best of five, I have more doubts about Djokovic than best of three, given how sure. uh, thin yeah. he is, and just does not look like he has a lot of, uh, the gas tank is not very big right well, now. Well, also he just hasn't had to use that that capacity gas tank in a really long time. Yeah. I mean, going from, you know, having an extended break, and then, yeah, like having to play an actual best of five, uh, he didn't play any tough. long matches in Australia. Yeah, yeah he, exactly. lost, he lost to Chung in a long three-setter. But yeah, Chung won in straights. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the bottom section is where Sasha Zverev and Dominic Team both landed. Uh, two people who would have been considered consider contenders. Uh, San Ravinka is in here too. Is there not an inordinate number of qualifying spots in the bottom half of the draw? There are draw? 20 qualifying spots in this ATP draw. It's four players pulled out. And there's, oh, they have a bigger qualifying oh. draw too. Sorry, I'll give you this one because this one has no, 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 no. It's fine. I don't need it because Ernest Gomez is in here. Oh, okay. And he plays against Gio. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, okay. And he plays against Gio Muller here. Oh yeah, throw it back. Ernest saw Reem after the match and was like, "Yeah, I play Berrettini." Because he read the name above his and said the name below his. Ernie, he's new. Um, oh, Ernie. Uh, and that threw me off. I was like, wait, what, what draw was he? It, I didn't realize for a long time that he was he's like the line above up. him. Yeah. Um, I always get really paranoid about that. Anyhow, uh, Gulbis is qualified. Gulbis also looked really good, like Tomic, uh, in qualifying. It was very impressive and, and fought really well and looks and played well in the Bordeaux Challenger last week. So fingers crossed that Ernie can get to be a top 100 player again. Um Muller's a very winnable match, and then uh, uh, Matteo Berrettini or Oscar Otta is not bad. <laughs> Courtney's shrugging; she doesn't know who that is. Um, the the marquee match in this quarter is the second rounder between Team and Sitsipas, uh, mm-hmm. who both one handed backhand kids. You'd think that Team will win that one, but Sitsipas is trending up and has done really well uh, in on clay this year. So he is one to watch out for. And then the question is, can Zverev do it? Or will Zverev find a way to lose? Sorry, I'm just kind of blown away by the number of names I do not know in this draw. <laughs> I feel a bit stupid. Um, I mean, it's just... it. It's not bad. I mean, Jumer's dangerous. Can he hasn't, be. He hasn't had a great year. No? Okay. Kudla actually has looked really good in qualities. Also, Kudla possibly could be Jumer, which would be a big break for Zverev. Although Zverev has lost at a slam to Kudla before. Gosh, this is a really nice draw for Zverev. It's great. Because Luca Pui's not playing great, and he's the 15 seed. Vavrinka not playing great, 23 seed. And then you're telling me Jumer is not playing great, 26 seed. Uh-huh. Hmm. And then Nisha Corey is a possible, is, is also in here, but he's in the upper part with yeah, uh, that team. Yeah, until a quarter. Uh, yeah, so I, I, Zverev... If he doesn't make a quarter, this, I mean, if he doesn't make yeah. a quarter, th- what? If Vavrinka can, he's looked a little healthier... In Geneva this week. I actually don't know how that... Tur- I don't know if he's still in that tournament. No, I he's I, not. He lost. Okay, I haven't been tracking that tournament, but he at least won a match. So if he somehow gets his, like, sort of... I don't 
don't want to say last win, but it kind of feels like but it. But he's going to have to do best of five as against well. Against Zverev. I mean, I don't know. I mean, he certainly would have belief. Not even that. I mean, I'm talking about Guillermo Garcia Lopez. No, that's true. And Kachanov. Hatchinoff might this make is... it out of Hatchinoff might make it out of that eight actually to the yeah. fourth round. He made fourth round here last year. Hatchinoff. Based on Geneva, I wouldn't I wouldn't put no. too much. So, uh, but yes, yeah, so stock all we're saying is Zverev. It will be his fault if he doesn't make the quarters, and the slam curse will be totally true because there's nothing stopping him here. Yeah, and then we can talk about who hasn't made a semi, but um, <laughs> it's true. Well, then he can match you know Spitalina Spitalina, levels. exactly. <laughs> uh, and then team team Zverev would be an intriguing uh, quarter. And it's, again, it's good. It just feels good that these are the guys who should be playing each other for second place. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's fair. Yeah, with Gofar. I'm and very happy with the bottom loaded. The, the, the bottom loaded half. No, that's it's wrong. almost like loaded a, bottom half. <laughs> it's, almost, it's almost kind of like a challenger tournament. Like like Rafa's just gonna like chill out and wait. Challenger, for, not like the tour below. Yeah, right? no, no, but like no, no, right. Like an actual challenger style. Champ, yeah, like Wimbledon in the old days, the champ from the year before would wait, and everyone else would play. And for the chance to play last year's Yeah, champ. Davis Cup was, used to be like that yeah. as well. Yeah, so it, feels, so it does feel that way. That's, that's very yeah. well put. So we'll see how it goes. Uh, odd days will be more interesting than even days in the men's, or whatever it shakes out. Bottom half days will be more interesting than top half days uh, for the men. And yeah, it'll be interesting to shake out. Any any prediction on who gets out of this half? <laughs> I was like, Rafa. Um, Rafa's <laughs> going to get out of this half too. <laughs> He's going to get out of the top half, the bottom half, he's going to play himself, he's going to win. Drinking everybody's milkshake. Um, All the milkshakes. Uh, bottom half... I'm gonna go team. Okay. Fair pick. Sure. I mean, I would take Zverev if, if 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 he hadn't had his current situation of like not being a top fifty player and never doing it before. Current situation, lifelong situation. But yes, yeah. <laughs> but you know what I mean. Like yeah. I'm I'm gonna go with a little bit with experience and stuff like that with with team. Um, but I'm gonna hope for my golf. Yeah, I Goffy, think Goffy for Raleigh G, baby. I think it's a fun a fun half. Yeah. And like I would like watch this tournament. Yeah, it's a, like as, if this as, was a standalone. If it was a five hundred, it'd be yeah, a great yeah, five hundred. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Good. So there you go. That's the French Open draws, guys. Thank you for listening to No Challenges Remaining. Go we'll follow along when you're not listening. We'll follow all French Open long. Both of us on our individual platforms. We'll do lots of great stuff. Courtney at WT Insider on Twitter at WT underscore Insider and the website the Insider. There's a link to the Insider home, right? It's all kind great. Of. It's just the tech. I have it bookmarked, so it exists. Yes. Um, We'll be doing good stuff. I'll be here for New York Times and turning out lots of stuff on various was it surprise double match fixing convictions this week and all sorts of other fun stuff that comes up along the way. Um, actually, yeah, Nicholas Kicker was yanked out of this tournament like an hour before the draw. Mm. That was like last minute. And it was interesting. They wouldn't really say it was expedited, but TIU clearly like knew this draw was coming and wanted mm. to get him out of there without making much of a scene. The verdict was uh, handed down, and so he awaits punishment. But he could be. It looks like it should have to be a lifetime ban for him, which is sort of the, which is rough because he's a player who's trending up. And yeah, it's don't do it, kids. And it was just like from earlier in his career as a thing too. It was like when he was a challenger player is when he was the vaccinations are. Anyway, one of them was against Ducky. Uh, one of the two matches. Everything links back to Ducky. I'm still sad about Ducky, guys. <laughs> uh, but, but to cheer me up about Ducky, please follow us on Twitter at NCR underscore tennis. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash NCR podcast. Leave us reviews on iTunes and subscribe on whatever podcasting app you like. And if you have questions, send them to us at no challenges remaining at gmail.com. Do you have more rant rave thoughts? I know you're hungry. We should feed you. I'm really hungry. Um... Courtney did this. this podcast malnourished and for that she is brave <laughs> oh thank you uh no yeah no i mean it's paris let's get this let's get this shindig started um i don't know if i really have any rants or raves since we last spoke oh just a rave oh here's my rave i'm gonna put in a good shout out to the tennis situation over at gq yeah. Um, much love to, to Chloe Cooper Jones and to Kevin Nguyen, who just, uh, this week, uh, had two great articles on two of our kind of like favorite weirdos, uh, Naomi Osaka and Dennis Shapovalov. Um, the GQ's always done really good, um, tennis stuff especially whenever, recently. especially recently, especially, especially with, with Chloe. Chloe yeah. yeah. With Chloe, who's awesome. Chloe's and, team piece. We've plugged probably, I'm sure yeah. before on here, but from the US Open last year, it's great. It's, it's mandatory. It. It's canon. Like, you know, like you have to like to talk about Dominic team. You need to read Chloe Cooper Jones's piece, uh, in GQ on him. Because one thing that I really love about her writing and especially when it comes to the tennis players, although I'm sure this applies all to all of it 
is just how incredibly observant she is in terms of like just soaking in like what a player's essence is in like the small little things that they either do or don't do and and how they act and the little split second choices that they make throughout the day when they're hanging out with her you know during the interview she like is able to really extrapolate from that and i think that's what makes the team piece so good i think it's what makes the shop of olive piece so good and i think kevin Wynn is like one of my favorite like writers i think he does humor like really well no relation no relation sorry yes we are not related um but uh and uh his piece on naomi osaka just i mean his focus on her love for video games and for overwatch was like so perfect and so good and the photos were fire so yeah big 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 fan of that gq over there i will co-sign that uh i don't know if i have anything else to say if you have suggestions of what it might have been please leave <laughs> them leave them in the comments or hit us on twitter at all the aforementioned social channels We'll see you guys later. Bye. Ciao.